Today I'm joined by Dr Julie Meehan, the author of our ITGP title, Cyber War, Cyber Terror, Cyber Crime and Cyber Activism. So Julie, welcome. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate the opportunity. Quite, quite welcome. Are you able to talk us through some of your um, experiences that have acted as a basis for you to write the book? Certainly, I'd be glad to. Um, you know, my security experience goes back about 40 years, quite frankly, um, embarrassing as that is to admit. Uh, and I started off in intelligence and then later went from intelligence into information warfare and information operations as an active participant during multiple campaigns. And then from that, det determined I needed to apply that knowledge more on the proactive side to help organizations improve their ability to detect and deter cybersecurity attacks. And so from that perspective, uh, I began to be very interested in the concepts of cyber warfare, cyber terrorism, cyber crime, and uh, much later the, ap uh, the application of cyber activism. Okay. Do you think that this book was, was ahead of its time when you first released it? You know, initially, yes. Um, Currently, there's a lot of discussion about cyber warfare. It's in the news every day. But at the time that this book was initiated, it was a very emer it was an emerging topic. It wasn't all that big in the discussion environments, and the organizations across the world, in particular in the private sector, really hadn't given consideration to the environment that is causing cyber warfare to become such a current topic. And what was it out of that experience? That, I mean, how did you come to that conclusion that the, the private sector weren't taking it as perhaps seriously as they should? I won't say they weren't taking it seriously. I think that they felt in some ways that they were just outgunned by the, the attackers, that they really didn't know where to go or what to do or how to point their actions in order to be effective in protecting against these attacks. And so many of them were almost in a state of paralysis. And so they were looking at this environment saying, what do we do? How do we actually begin? And so I felt that the organizations needed a book that put it in terms that they could understand and provided them with some guidance on how they could effectively begin to address this environment. I will say one thing that did spur me in writing this book is the fact that as I was writing it, the term cyber warfare became increasingly prevalent in the newscasts. And I have a caution that I would like wanted to put in this book, and that is that the use of the term cyber warfare in and of itself becomes a hyperbole when it's applied to everything. And so, as I mentioned in a, a few moments ago, using this type of hyperbole can actually lead organizations to fall into a state of paralysis. It's one thing when you're a national government to say, I'm going to affect cyber warfare. It's another thing when you're Sprint or Walmart or any other organization that you can think of on the private sector where warfare is not part of their culture. So to call these attacks, all of them cyber warfare, I think became a very dangerous form of hyperbole. In the, um, the second edition, you introduced cyber activism. Um, what what kind of brought that change on? What, what industry movements encouraged those kind of changes? Well, I won't say it was necessarily industry movement. I would say it would be environmental. Um, there were a number of high-profile 
activities in terms of what I would call cyber activism, which some people call hacktivism, which prompted that. And, and most notoriously, you would think of the WikiLeaks, um, Julian Assange, and uh, also uh, Edward Snowden and some of his activities in terms of uh, exposing uh, the NSA as part of an activist campaign. There were a number of other similar activities, and I felt that this was becoming uh, quite a relevant theme that needed to be added into the discussions on uh, cyber warfare, cyber terrorism, and cyber crime. As a matter of fact, just to, to give you a statistic, in January 9th of this year, 2016, uh, the number of attacks that were motivated by cyber activism were falling in the 27 to 28 percent range of all types of attacks. Most of the attacks, over 60 percent, were cybercrime and the others fell into the areas of what might be considered cyber espionage or cyber warfare. This increase in cyber hacktivism is about a 50 percent increase over last year and last year was an almost 50% increase over the year before. So it's a relevant topic, it has its unique characteristics, and I felt that it needed to be discussed. That's an incredible increase, isn't it? I mean, is it likely to grow um, in the foreseeable future, or do you hope that organizations can put best practice and standards in, in place to, to mitigate that? I, I see it as, as an area that is going to continue to have growth, particularly as individuals see opportunities to pursue their agenda using the cyber environment. Uh, as an aside, I've just recently uh, sent in the draft of a new book on insider threat, which integrates cyber activism into, into that discussion as well, because many of the cyber activism attacks were conducted and executed by insiders rather than by outsiders. Wow. Are you able to shed any light on the risks modern organizations face in terms of cybersecurity? Well, I think part of it is that it has become increasingly unpredictable. The, the environment uh, is not a nation state against nation state necessarily. It's There are a number of individuals who are pursuing their own individual agendas. Um, but that doesn't rule out that there is a large portion of these attacks that are conducted by well, very well organized cyber crime or cyber terrorist organizations. And I think the environment in which we are existing today is prompting an increase, particularly in those types of attacks, i.e. the warfare, the cyber terrorism and the cyber crime, largely because individuals are seeing that cyber crime is a very relatively low cost, low danger environment in which to actually gain access to some very uh, high-value, monetarily high-value targets. For example, um, identity theft attacks where identities are stolen. Um, for example, the recent Target attack last year where several uh, millions of identities were taken. The recent OPM attack where over 25 million U.S. government employees, both prior and uh, current employees and their identities were exposed through the attack. The average price for one single identity is about between ten and fifteen dollars on the public market. So if you figure you're, you have captured millions of these identities 
the money that can be made by selling them is huge. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's really a, a low cost, isn't it, on the, on the public market? Low cost for the attackers, high cost for those that have been attacked. So cyber terrorist is a, is a term that you've just mentioned. Um, is there, are you able to tell us more about that? I mean, is it a group? Is it, is it a person? I mean, how, how does that typically unfold? Well, Alexandra, it's actually all of the above. Uh, cyber terrorism is one of the more emerging uh, concerns in the environment of cyber in general. And the reason it is is because cyber terrorism is largely unpredictable. It can be a group. It can be a large nation state affiliation. It can be an independent terrorist group or it can be, as I mentioned earlier, a lone ranger who has an agenda. And we're seeing uh, more and more of the terrorists' activities being coordinated and communicated using the internet, whether it is mobile devices or social media, in order to further their interests. We, what we haven't seen are a lot of actual cyber terrorist attacks, although uh, there is a fear in, in many organizations at the national level that we can't rule out the possibility of terrorist attacks against our critical infrastructure. Um, a lot of books have been written and, and there is one book that stated that um, cyber terrorists would use their capabilities to poison baby food, um, causing havoc across the nation. How likely that is, I don't know. But I think what we can't rule out is the fact that cyber terrorists are very effectively using the internet and the internet environment to further their causes and to potentially at some time in the future conduct attacks that might be more severe in nature. So in your book you mention how organizations should exploit the international standards and best practice to combat these threats. What is the real benefit to the organization from doing this? Is it the awareness and putting controls in place? Well again Alexander I'd have to say all of the above and I would first talk about the controls. Um, organizations need a process uh, in order to affect this environment. They need to look at what requirements and measures must be implemented based on their risk in order to identify, protect against, deter, and if necessary recover from cyber attacks. The international standards provide a great foundation for organizations to identify possible countermeasures that would be most effective within their organization. And the reason I think international standards are uh, appropriate is because this is cyber attacks are not something any nation or any organization needs to fight by themselves. Uh, I think that the more standardization we have and the more commonality we have with those who are trying to protect themselves against any form of cyber attack is going to make that protection all the more effective. And so I think when we look at international standards like the ISO 27000 series and the National Institute of Technology standards for protection and defense against cyber attacks, I think by using these types of standards, by acquiring a commonality across organizations who are interested in protecting themselves, we can actually improve the environment for everyone. Finally, Julie, what is the key message that you want to give your readers? 
I think the key message that I want people to take away is that the dangers in the cyber world are real, but they are not all cyber war. That they can take many forms and that the protective mechanisms need to be implemented in such a way that all of the various types of cyber attacks can be effectively addressed. Uh, the second message that I would like people to take away is that we need to work together to do this, whether we work together at the individual level, at the private corporation level, at the public institution level, and internationally. I think we all have a common goal and a common need to protect ourselves against potential cyber attacks. And so the message that I would have in this from my book is that be aware, work together, and use the tools that are available in the community, the international standards, uh, technologies, training and awareness. All of those are tools to use these effectively to combat the dangers of the cyber environment. Thank you, Julie. Details of how to buy cyber war, cyber terror, cyber crime and cyber activism will follow this podcast.